Bye. I'm just upset that my hoodie color isn't Kirkland's signature <laughs> color. Dude, uh, yeah, I couldn't find it at Costco. You couldn't find it. None. Yeah. There were some champs, champion stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. no Kirkland. Well, listen, I mean, if we're being honest, that stuff sells out every single drop. It's too much drip on that. Although yeah. I found an alternative. Go on. I found it online. So oh, gonna, yeah. Okay, yeah. Are you I'm talking about buy a few options. resellers? No, no. Actually, the website. Oh, just get it off the I website. guess the place that I was in didn't have it. Right. So. Well, listen, that's how it goes with, uh, with Costco anyway. Like, never mind just, like, one Kirkland product. But mm. from store to store, the inventory varies. For sure, yeah. Depending on the local demand. And maybe they just think that your neighborhood's not ready for that drip right now. Definitely not. But um, pretty soon, it's yeah. going to be Kirkland as far as the eye can see. Kirkland's about to pick up right where Yeezy left off. <laughs> it's a smooth transition right there. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, dude, it's coming soon. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Hey, man, no need to yell at TBD, me. TBD, TBH. No need to yell about it. Yeah. We trust you. Okay. There's a, if there's a person in this community that we have the utmost confidence in, it's definitely will do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I realize I'm speaking on behalf of a massive global audience here, but I think uh -huh. if they show up in the chat here, they're going to agree with me that we have confidence in mm -hmm. will do. Mm -hmm. How did people guess I was going to wear a green hoodie? I haven't picked out a green hoodie in like a thousand years. Yeah, I think I ended the poll a little late. Oh, they saw so, the yeah. green. But I think it was leading at some point. Shout out Steven. He says it do go crazy though. Okay. Which, <laughs> which... TBH, I believe, was part of the original quote. Yeah. Kirkland Drip, do go crazy, TBH. My EV car. <laughs> In my EV car. <laughs> In car. my EV car. Yeah, you have to enunciate. Yeah. To the same extent that it happened in the thing. Here we got Jack walking through the frame. There he goes with his double dog dare ya. Double dog dare ya. That's his entourage. He's, he's, he's got the scariest entourage in the game. <laughs> yeah. You don't go near that guy. Did you see? Uh... <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're actually attached at the heel, like some sort of a, a trail, uh -huh. some sort of a, a sash. Yeah. What's it called when the, what is it, a robe or a, you cloak? know, like, a cloak? whatever the part is that trails behind. Like a wedding dress? Yeah. What's that part called? Just the part that trails behind. There's a, there's a specific name for it, right? Not a veil. No, that's a front part. Not, not a coattail, a train. It's called a train. So that's your train. That's Jack's train. Chihuahua train. He's got a Chihuahua train. <laughs> Speaking of entourage, did you see uh, Mayweather's entourage confronting Jake Paul? I, is this new? Did this just happen? Yeah, I think it happened last night. No, at, I have not uh, seen. In arena. I did not see. I do not see. 
was it a was it a beef was it real will or was it you know pump let's pump a show let's pump a an event maybe we're gonna have an event all right give it to me i'll take it yeah i'm down for whatever this experience is what happened you're not tough anymore since your loss what happened since your loss Yo, we gonna bust him up, guys? We're gonna bust him up, guys? Yo, let's bust him up. What do you say, guys? Wanna bust him up? Where you going since your fight? Since you lost? What's up, Jake? Hmm. Where you going, Jake? Okay. Oh, he's running! He's running! Look at him! Yeah. Okay. Where's Mayweather? Is that him there, the white hat? Why is he running? Or is he, is it just Mayweather? It's Mayweather and his entourage. I don't know. And does that mean, is Jake lacking? Does he not have enough of an entourage? Yeah. Is that what you would say about that? He was, he was just kind of by himself. Or smaller entourage. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, we don't, who knows about these entourage games, Will? You and I, like, we're just, we're just guys. We're just a couple guys in the world. We lone wolf it? Well, I don't know. I mean, you get caught lacking all the time. Um, when, they, when they run up on you, you got to sprint like that. <laughs> who? Who gets me? Floyd Mayweather's entourage, obviously. Oh, Mayweather, I've, I never knew I'd beef with them. Well, you do, ever okay. since you showed this clip. And now you best be ready to. Okay. I didn't steal his hat, though. It doesn't matter. Did he just catch you lacking? Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> We're so old. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, he, so he lost. But would it be any different if he won? Like they kept saying, oh, what, are, what now since you lost, what are you doing? But I think it was just more, it was the the size of each entourage. It was an entourage mismatch. Yeah, for sure. Whether he had and won. he was leaving a Miami game in the arena, so. Like, yeah, it, it just. It was just happenstance that he was outnumbered. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that you create the discrepancy and. But, but then you never know about anything. Really, everything you see on social media, everything you see that's promotional. Floyd will not see me one-on-one in a real fight. That's a fact. His team has hit my team numerous times to do one of his exhibitions. Now he ambushes me, laughing face tilted on the side. Come see me in the ring. Real fight. No exhibition. Robbing fans. Bullshit. Those are the words of Jake Paul on Twitter. Uh, I guess in response to what went down after the clash or lack thereof yeah. with Mayweather's entourage. Thank you for that update, Will. I don't know what I would do today without it. I would yeah. just be out in the dark. That just reminded me of, you know, Jack walking by entourage. I see. It was the Chihuahua entourage. Mm-hmm. See, the fact that you drew that comparison to Mayweather's entourage, to the Chihuahua entourage, you are now in the street. You best be aware. When next Miami game you go to? Uh-huh. I should have Jack's entourage n- with me. Next time you're sitting courtside in Miami, Will? Uh-huh, with Elon? You better be thinking about and Bezos. your exit. And yeah. who's a company? Yeah, you could get Elon's bodyguards. Those guys are legit. Earpiece? Yeah, 
They got each one can fight like a hundred. They have four. Ear, they got four earpieces. Only two ears, but four <laughs> yeah. earpieces. Yeah, you understand? Yeah, the twins, man. Mm-hmm. Ex military, ex mercenary, whatever it is. Yeah. They're not Seals, messy. Green berets. <laughs> you kidding? Yeah. These guys are never lacking. I saw a photo, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I saw a photo of Lil Baby, and apparently he's never lacking out and out when he's out in public. Okay. And say and and he's meeting but he still has to meet fans because anyone can approach him. Okay, yeah. So can you just write never lacking on there as well? There you go. <laughs> And never lacking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then go to images. Let's see if we can actually bring it up because this one is uh, is quite intense. Mm. There you go. You see, he, he'll meet fans, but never lacking. Okay. You see that? Look at the hoodie okay. pocket there. Always ready. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying here, Will? Yeah. Yeah. So very similar protocol to you. I got to, yeah. Very similar. I got to step it up. Protocol. Well, you got the hoodie. That's part of it. And never mind once you have the Kirkland. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to protect me, though. Yeah, probably not. Maybe from cold, but... Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Did did Mayweather also used to have a specific famous bodyguard? Did he have twin bodyguards as well? Can you do Mayweather bodyguards? I don't know what happened to these guys. You don't see them anymore. Or... They're like Maybe they're triple there. his size. He's got some big ones. Yeah. But it's not these ones I'm talking about. It's the guy who actually had a boxing match. The old bot. Yeah, that guy right there. The guy getting punched. Yeah. He actually... Uh, his name is Jizzy Mac. You're damn right it is. Okay. So he had a fight. Uh, boxing himself, I guess. It is. It is funny. It's... Well, not funny, but it's... Even as a fighter, you have bodyguards, and because you can't be risking your knuckles, you get you get paid to fight. You need guys that can fight for you in yeah, those situations. Yeah, yeah. Well, and have like um, girth. It is weird though. If you click on the second one there, uh, okay. the second image, it is weird because the fighter himself ends up looking tiny compared to the bodyguards. Yeah, that's interesting. But I definitely don't want to go near any of it. Uh, neither do you. Uh-huh. And that's how that works. It's how the body guarding, that's how guarding the body works. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, man. Um, uh, did someone take a Google Pixel Fold on the New York City subway? Well, the fact that you put this in front of me leads me to believe the answer is yes. Someone did. New photos appear to show someone riding the New York City subway with a Google Pixel Fold in their hands. Well, this is an age old. This is, I'd be more surprised if this thing didn't completely leak prior to coming out because of Google's track record. They just kind of, mm. I don't know, they lean into it. They've done it in events. I know they're not do, they're not leaking it intentionally. At least that's, they, that's what they tell me. They tell me they're not leaking it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also like they don't have the same, they don't rule with the same iron fist that others do. Like they're not, uh, people aren't disappearing if something leaks. Mm-hmm. 
hey, I didn't name any names here. I didn't say anything specifically. And obviously, I'm exaggerating. Obviously, Will. Uh, but uh, so, yes, it's it's been kind of a tradition here that every single new Google device leaks. This one feels a bit different, though, because it is a new form factor and more exciting, I guess, than the previous generation pixels because it's it's a folding one. And as you can see here, the, actually, this individual looks to be trying to kind of cover it up in that frame there. Uh-huh. Like with the grip, that's a very intense grip mm -hmm. on the device as watching the video. Intense enough to me, you, may, you might, plus you got yellow pants. Uh, okay. What does that have to do with anything? Just let that sink in for a second. You got yellow pants. Okay. So all of a sudden, the eyeballs are already going that direction. You, 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 so it draws attention. Well, you may recall yeah. that... What did Apple just release, Will? Um, the yellow iPhone. Did you say yellow? Mm. Hmm. This can't be a marketing stunt. Curious, <laughs> <laughs> curious. Dare I say curious. The images were captured and then shared on Reddit before being picked up by 9to5Google. We won't show you every image because, frankly, they're pretty useless. But one is actually in decent focus, considering it was taken on the down low in a moving subway car. Very risky. Imagine, I mean, you're kind of invading the person's, I, I mean, they blurred what the guy's uh -huh. face on the thing, but uh, it's always, it's pretty creepy. People are snapping photos around you and especially if you're using a prototype in reality and you're trying not to get fired, but then they're also letting you take it out and use it in public, so you're probably not going to get fired. But this person looks to be holding it very close to the chest, which to me leads me to believe it actually is this prototype. The form factor looks right, and... It looks a bit smaller, don't you think, than what it is? What do you mean? No, because they went with the oppo style aspect ratio, the kind of more yeah. square and less elongated. Uh-huh. Well, uh -huh. I'm I'm basing this on the concept here. Yeah, yeah, but if it's the same dimensions as the oppo find n, then that's right. What the guy's yeah. holding is right. Yeah. Okay. In in its folded orientation. Right. It's just that the, see how fat that hinge is? I mean, I guess could it be an oppo find n? Uh no. I don't think so. I think the shape of it's a little different. And it really does look like it's a leak. It looks like a legit Pixel Fold leak. This is the second time at least that an unreleased Google phone is spotted on the subway. Pixel 4 made an appearance on the London Underground as well as in an airplane back in 2019. Meanwhile, there was a Pixel 3 XL that was left in the back of a taxi. So it's an ongoing. I guess they like to have these devices out being tested and... This is just one of those things that can happen as a consequence, Well, Yeah, and they're not doing this intentionally. Just leaking all these devices? Or are they? No, no, no. No, I don't believe so. But he, I mean, the yellow pants, conspiracy theory, the yellow iPhone, just keep that, let that simmer a little bit. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Feds open up new Tesla probe after two Model Y steering wheels come off. Ooh, more Model Y steering wheel problems. What's yeah. going on, Will? This was all over my feed, but I don't know. Is this like a huge problem? Like, they, they knock out so many cars, but, like, two steering wheels I think it's, it's uh, the significance of this particular fault that it's not, like, uh, a loose mirror or oh, yeah. uh, 
uh, a, f- a faulty, I don't know, latch on the glove box. It's the steer. It's a steering wheel. Yeah. And if it comes off while you're on the highway, you can understand that could be a very pretty mm-hmm, dangerous mm-hmm. scenario. So we talked about the guy who took delivery and then the steering wheel popped right off on a freeway and then he changed his Twitter handle to guy whose steering wheel fell off. Model, why did my steering wheel fall off or something? There you go. There you go. It was very clever. Betty, Betty, Tesla has yet another federal headache to contend with. On March 4th, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's Office of Defects Investigation opened a preliminary investigation after two reports of Tesla Model Y steering wheels detaching in driver's hands while driving. I don't know if this includes the original case or if this is two extra ones. An Associated Press report says that in one of the two cases, the wheel detached five days after the vehicle was delivered to a customer in New Jersey. According to Associated Press, Tesla initially told the aggrieved owner that it could fix the broken car at a cost of $103.96. Tesla later replaced the car for free. So that, that sounds like the original guy. Yeah. Because it was in New Jersey, and he got the $106 quote. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's been another one added to that. No. Listen, two vehicles is not a lot, Will, but it is the significance of this particular problem. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's the how quickly after the vehicle was delivered. So you start uh-huh. to wonder, oh, are we about to see 50 of these to happen? Yeah, this happen? is not user error. It's like a manufacturing fault. And it's a sudden separation. The document states the sudden separation occurred when the force exerted on the steering wheel overcame the resistance of the friction fit while the vehicles were in motion and that both incidents occurred while the vehicles still had low mileage. So they're like, okay, is this an out-of-the-factory deal? This is not a long-term use type of deal. Model Y is extremely popular, though, as you mentioned, Will, so we don't know how widespread it is, but they got to do the investigation nonetheless because of the seriousness of it. And the fact that it's Tesla means that we're going to see the headline. If you had two steering wheels fall off of a Honda Civic, it wouldn't be here on Ars Technica. Yeah, and we wouldn't be talking So let's about just... It. Let's just full disclaimer on that. Like, obviously, any Tesla problem is going to get more attention because it is the new, it is the innovator, and therefore capturing one's attention. Sure. Tesla shares old footage of Model S with Fal- Falcon Wing door prototype. Oh, wow. The S had the Falcon Wing at a, at a moment as at well? At a certain point, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know How that. How cool is that? While seeing a Model S with Falcon Wing doors is pretty awesome, Tesla won't release its premium sedan with those signature doors. Footage provided a glimpse of Tesla's past when it was developing the doors for the Model X, I guess using the Model S at the time. Am I correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we have a little video clip here. Whoa. Jeez. Those really look like Falcon Wings when you see them like that. Uh Uh-huh. Well, see, this clip here is the X. Yeah. Right? And so that's how it's going versus how it started. It's kind of a mechanical contraption glued onto the top of a Model S, not integrated as if they were ever going to use it, but kind of it looks more just for for testing and manufacturing Mm -hmm. just to give a rough idea of what it's going to be like on a car, not that they were ever working on it for the S. It was probably they just had the S at the time because the yeah. X didn't exist. And had the same height as the Model X. It's pretty yeah. wild, this door system. I mean, it's like a lot of things that once it's been out, you kind of become accustomed to it. And 
and something about the the human being a human yeah. you can get used to almost anything but you look at the prototyping and you look at the complexity and you realize that there's so many of these out there now and then when you watch videos on the space needed for these things to operate like in incredibly tight spaces mm-hmm. the tolerances and, and everything that had to be considered if you're going to have a door go up instead of to the side and setting certain heights if you have low low ceilings and I'm not sure they would ever do it again. And I believe Elon is even possibly quoted as saying something similar mm-hmm. because they were really trying to make a, an unusual vehicle. They did, but now it doesn't represent a significant portion of their sales. And we have all types of questions about the future of the X and the S and mm-hmm. increasing price drops and the eventual Cybertruck. And you kind of wonder how long it'll exist in its current uh, formulation. Yeah. Uh, the Lightship L1 is a caravan built for EVs. This is a different article than the one I sent you. I hope you didn't double it up because I also saw this. This is crazy. Okay. This is pretty cool. It is a trailer, uh, RV, that connects to your electric vehicle and has its own built-in battery uh, and its own built-in drivetrain, and it's capable of significantly decreasing the impact on your EV when pulling a camping trailer. Hmm. Because that's one of the biggest drawbacks of EVs right now, particularly EV trucks and SUVs, where historically people like to use those type of vehicles for recreational, to pull recreational vehicles, Mm -hmm. uh, trailers and RVs and so forth. This this is a, a product called Lightship, and it's the first kind of from the ground up that's going to, in most cases, alleviate any extra consumption on your EV. So with the built-in battery, uh, like if you hook it up to, say, an F-150 Lightning, the F-150 Lightning's range will essentially be the same as if you were towing nothing. Interesting. Because of its own built-in battery. Now... I'm going to go a step further and tell you something cool here. Even if you don't have an EV truck, this, if you attach it to a combustion F-150 or whatever gasoline, gas-powered vehicle, it will actually improve the range of that truck while towing. So it has benefits for both. Now, hmm. these benefits obviously come at a cost there, Will. <clears throat> Ooh, it's going to get you. It's going to cost over hundred grand. Which is more than your F one fifty Lightning. Yeah. It depends. I mean, in most cases, unless you overpaid for one, um, it's extremely aerodynamic, which also comes into play. It pops up to have uh, a higher kind of uh, internal space once you're once you've gotten to your destination. But you can see it's all about aerodynamics when you're mm-hmm. traveling. Mm-hmm. It's due to enter production next year. It's twenty seven feet long. When the roof is raised, it's ten feet inside. Now, the weight's going to go up because you got batteries in there. And so when you have it fully loaded, it's going to be 7,500 pounds. The electric lift also has manual override, lets you raise and lower the trailer should you run out of power. The roof and awnings can also be covered with up to 3 kilowatts of solar panels to help charge up the 80 kilowatt hour onboard battery capacity. Huh. Lightship says it's no compromise battery system can keep the interiors, all electric appliances, multi-burner induction cooktop, and connected features going for a week or more without having to plug in and without having to resort to propane or diesel fuels 
or a noise, noisy gas power generator. Apparently the idea came to this individual when they were visiting food trucks, mm. noticing how unappetizing it was to smell all the diesel generators keeping these things going. He's like, why can't you do it with the electric? Where's the batteries? We did it for the cars. Let's do it for the RVs. What do you think, Will? Are you, are you getting busy in there? Um, yeah, this looks great. You're getting busy. This is a great idea. You're getting busy. It's in a there. battery pack plus a trailer. And uh, it's all electric. And I like the, the sunroof, like a uh, solar powered roof. That's kind of cool. They're, I don't know how long that's going to take. If they but. can manufacture this thing, they're going to have demand for it. Tremendous demand for it. If they can make this thing fast enough, look at the app over here. You know, you're it on, has an app. Yeah, you're on the iPad. You're, 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 of course it does. I mean, it's basically like a Tesla. It's like a Tesla that you pull. They raised yeah. a bunch of money. Um, why does it say it starts at 125 here? And it said 100 grand up top. Late 2024. 20, anyway, now it's 125. Maybe with the so. tax credit? Uh, that says 118 after tell you this is pricey it's gonna be pricey obviously it's gonna be pricey it's kind yeah, of the first though. of its kind but hey is that real that's real i don't know if it's real or render the sure. reflections though well listen rtx <laughs> oh i know rtx on oh okay that's all yeah very cool oh you really want one look at you flipping through you're get are you gonna get busy in there uh yeah sure yeah Pre-order now, 500 bucks. Let's go. VW says, sorry for child carjacking fiasco and make safety service free. We actually covered this story, if you recall, Will. It was um, a, a situation of an abduction and then the police officers calling VW saying, hey, the car that the child was abducted in or the stolen car that has a child in it has a system in place um, a safety system in place that should allow us to track its location, its whereabouts. Mm. You guys run that system. They call up VW. VW says, yeah, you're not subscribed right now. We can't give you that information. They're like, hey, this is a special case. They're like, yeah, you got to pay to unlock that. Mm. And the cops actually did in this case. They end up finding, thank goodness, the vehicle prior to actually needing that. But it was a bad look for VW. You're like, there's a two-year-old child on board over here you guys best be just spitting that information out immediately mm -hmm. this is it. now when we talked about it the first time we realized this is an unusual call for your average customer service person mm -hmm. they uh, maybe they haven't been trained on such things mm. maybe they will from this point forward but it looks like vw gets out in front of it and they say oh listen we're gonna make this easier for people to uh, it was a 2021 VW Atlas, by the way, that was stolen out of the owner's driveway, which don't even get me started on the stealing of the vehicles. I don't know what's going to need to happen here to slow this thing down. The representative on the phone would not provide a location of the stolen vehicle until the service had been reactivated for $150. The guy, the cop is like, dude, we're doing $150 as a two-year-old missing. We're doing $150? Mm -hmm. You can imagine how aggravating that would be. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so they say now they are sorry. We can't adequately express how truly sorry I am for what the family endured as a mom and an aunt. And, you know, they go and read through it. They're like, what happened? He said what? They did what? Mm -hmm. Volkswagen must and will do better for everyone that trusts our brand and for the law enforcement officials tasked with protecting us in addition to a full investigation of what went wrong and actions taken to address the failure. 
We want to make it right for the future. Today, we are setting a new standard for customer peace of mind. As of June 1st, we will make these connected vehicle emergency services free for five years as one significant step we can take as a commitment to our owners and their families. Uh, Most My 2020 or newer VWs can use connected services apart from My 2020 Passats. From June, owners can sign up for five years of free, car net safe and secure which uses the vehicle's onboard modem to connect to the emergency services via the car's SOS button. I don't mind this. I think they did right. Um, they did what they could, and very quickly, too. So good on them, VW. Good job. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't know. Five years, it sounds great, but I'm just going to go ahead and say in this exact cir- uh, circumstance, you got to talk to your customer service people mm-hmm. and say, you're not asking for money in this exact scenario. Yeah, there should be an There override. has to be some training now yeah. where it's like, no, no, no. If the police are calling you and there's an active incident going on, you just unlock this information. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We don't talk about uh, 150 bucks, especially since the owner is the one inquiring. I understand it could be kind of maybe like a privacy thing, mm-hmm. but it's the owner is saying, no, 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 let's go. Yeah. Get the info. I wonder if the victim's gotten anything from it. They're probably not going to buy a VW again. No, I don't know about that. I mean, VW's trying to make it right, dude. Yeah. They're trying to make it right. Any car can get stolen, you know. Um, so there's a new Tesla video just dropped on their channel. Three Someone minutes ago. Someone in the chat said, Tesla privacy? Let's go check it out. Okay. Three-minute-old Tesla video. Vehicles are designed to keep you and your data safe. Our privacy protections go beyond the standard. So when you get behind the wheel, you're in control of the information you share. By default, the data generated by your driving is not linked to you, unless a safety event is detected. Even though you can monitor your vehicle's location in the Tesla app, Tesla cannot. Sometimes, Tesla will review anonymous data from the fleet to continuously improve safety and performance. While your vehicle may be one of those data points, Tesla cannot tell which vehicle data is yours. We designed Sentry Mode and Dashcam for you and only you. The cameras will only record if you opt in, and the recordings are saved in your vehicle, not on Tesla's servers. You get to decide what data you share and when. If you decide to share, you can do so knowing that your data is not linked to you or your vehicle and that Tesla will not sell your data to anyone for any reason. You can update your preferences, request a copy of your data, or review Tesla's privacy notice anytime on your vehicle's touchscreen or in your Tesla account. Because your data belongs to you. Hmm. Oh, thank you, Tesla. Maybe feel so warm and yeah. cozy with your lo-fi. <laughs> Uh, the first part where they're like, well, we don't share anything unless we detect uh, an event. And it's like, well, okay, I see that there's a log in the road, but my car sometimes is like modifying its behavior if I'm getting too close to the you know? And so it's like, do, do those count? Like what constitutes an event? That's immediately what I was thinking. But it is interesting, you know, you got these companies now, it's become an, an actual marketing thing. The mm-hmm. privacy aspect yeah. is a marketing thing. I think you can thank Apple to a certain extent for that. 
And people want to know. They, they, they want to know. Uh, what do you know about me? What do you share about me? What about all these cameras that are watching? I get people ask me these questions. Mm-hmm. It happens. People come up to me and they say, oh, you're driving that Tesla. Uh, how do they know when, you're, when it's autonomous driving? How do they know if you're paying attention? I'm like, well, your hand is on the thing. And yeah. you opt into essentially being tracked. You opt in uh, for FSD beta. You opted in. You said, yeah, you get everything. You can have so it's different. And and I, I, I presume, depending on what features you're you're um agreeing to when you're clicking yes, 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 next, 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 if you're reading all this documentation, in some cases, in some circumstances, then all of a sudden that data is being shared. Like when the guy drove off the cliff, it was like unlock maximum data. We want to know everything that led up to it. But I guess in most cases like this, uh, it's not, the data is not extremely personalized. So, okay, cool. Hmm. We learn. Privacy. Okay, we, we learn. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting one. Cut my attention. Now, uh, in this case, they're talking about Los Angeles specifically, but I know for a fact this is not exclusive to Los Angeles. What is going on with the color of cars in 2023? And by that, I mean paint selections and popularity of colors that seemingly had no interest from people a decade ago. But all of a sudden Mm. now, it's like, these are the colors people want. And in in this case, Jalopnik's kind of making fun of it. I mean, they're just having fun with it, saying drywall colored cars. Mm. (laughs) Which is not really far off. Like this color, I'm guilty of, of purchasing that color, which is chalk from Porsche. And that's like a gray... They used to it's call a, it flat gray. It's a flat, no metallic, no uh, shimmer or reflectiveness, right? It's like the opposite of what people kind of thought of as like a high-end paint at one time. And this is an option that actually costs extra money. Okay. Right? You got to pay a premium for these flat colors. They are hard to paint because you can see imperfections. When you lack reflections, you can see imperfections more easily. Mm-hmm. Much like when you see like a matte wrap on a car. Sure. Any lump or bump, your eyes can just yeah. zero right in or dirt. Anyway, so uh, the previous color or what they call a color very close to chalk in other markets, they call crayon. And then, of course, I'm curious, okay, why do you call it crayon? Well... It's actually not far from some of the colors they use in mocking these car cars up or designing them when they really want to see the shapes, when they want to see everything exposed. So you can see if you, in some cases, if you're on a forum or something, they'll say thoughts on crayon slash chalk color because it's called different things in different places. And Will, if you've ever seen a clay model of a car when they're sure. kind of shaping it, it's not exactly this. It's actually, I think it's more clay-like in color, but... It's extremely flat, and it's interesting that people want colors seemingly flat and or close to that. Mm. And it's not just Porsche. It's across everywhere now. Hyundai has their their version of it. Honda has their version of it. Uh, Ford has their version of it. You got your Bronco uh, in black, right? It's a carbonized gray. Oh, you got carbonized gray. So you have some metallic in there, but there is a flat paint offering. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bluish, is it? Yeah, I think it's Area 51, that blue. It's like a flat blue, right? Sure, yeah. Where's that article, Will? It, it does show it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, Cactus Gray. Cactus Gray. 
Cactus Gray is almost it's very close as well. And uh-huh. you have Nardo Gray that was an RS only color with Audi. And then you start seeing that go everywhere. Hyundai has Sage Gray or Blue Stone. It's like these muted kind of colors. Boulder Gray, Baja Storm, Tactical Green, earthier colors, Will. Earthier, mm. plainer, stone-like colors. Like uh, like a pastel kind of I color? Know, I don't know what's going on, Will. I don't know about the popularity. Could it just be simply that these colors, since they haven't been popular in recent history, mm. signify that you're driving a new, like a newish vehicle? Because it's it's kind of striking, actually. It's so plain mm-hmm. that you notice it. It's weird. Yeah, there's like a futuristic tone to it. Like it's it's really flat. It's not flashy. It's it weird. just kind of blends into the environment in a way. It's very weird, uh, but it is a trend that I think everyone can agree to. Tesla hasn't done anything yet. This would be an area they'd have to yeah. think about with their all their new paint shops. But the two new colors there that they're putting out, metallic, flashy. That red one is like gradients and things going on in it. It's dark. It's light. It's kind of the opposite of this. Mm-hmm. So both look nice. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan opens his anti-cancel culture club. Anti-cancel culture club. A-C-C-C. A-triple-C. A-triple-C in Austin. So it's called Comedy Mothership. I had no idea he was doing this. He's launching his own comedy club. Probably He's with some always other, wanted to do that. Maybe with some other partners or just himself. The comedian and podcaster's longtime passion project, Comedy Mothership, has finally opened its doors you can't fire me from my own club. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yes, true. Uh, Comedy Mothership is the comedian and podcaster's effort to launch what he's described as an ideal venue for comics and an effort to terraform the Texas capital into a major live comedy hub. When tickets for the opening week of shows went on sale for a surprisingly reasonable 40 bucks per person, they sold out within minutes. Tickets are being resold online now for 500 how about that for a little, little scalper's margin? Mm. The venue's theme is Aliens Meet Art Deco. There's a UFO above the door in the lobby, warnings that hecklers will be alienated, and a Stargate-like arch over the main stage. The theater is awash in black and purple, and by Austin comedy standards, it's easily the coolest-looking venue in town. I know he's talked extensively on his show about the optimal comedy club and having like strong feelings about how many seats it should have, how intimate it should be, how high the ceiling should be, like just the kind of ideal comedy club experience for the performer and for the audience Mm -hmm. uh, to create the right atmosphere. And so I assume all those things came into play as this was being designed and developed. Now, obviously, you're kind of stuck with having to deal with the 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 way the premises already is is you're gonna have to kind of work around it it looks like it's built into an older building and if you've ever been to austin texas uh wh- wh- where where's the location this it looks like it's downtown sixth street yeah sixth street entertainment district you have really old buildings over there you're gonna have to go in there and kind of work with the bones that you're dealing with mm-hmm. uh but anti-cancel culture of course if it's rogan's club that's what you have to assume how many people would you say fit in that club look at that Mm. Oh, Rose! Oh, yeah, Roseanne Barr was was happy to join on stage. How, how, what do you What do you think, Will? How many people is that in that club? It looks like a good a couple hundred. I think it's a good a good size. Yeah, 
Is it a couple hundred? I mean, I don't know if we're seeing everyone. I don't know if there's a... Uh, Maybe there's a second uh, floor. Maybe not. I don't know. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Maybe 150. Yeah? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just... I'm going through. Oh, there's a little deck. Kind of high up area. Bar area. I like those. That would be cool, me. I'd be cool. in those seats on the left. Okay. That's where I would be. I it's It's intimate. Look how close to the stage you are. That's an intimate comedy club right oh, there. Oh, yeah. It's a very short stage. Look how close close you are. It's a stool. You know, you're right there. You got the arch going over the top. So that anyway. Alien artifact. Congrats, man. Congrats on that. That's yeah. fun. That's really cool. That's I, kind of his dream, right? I think it's I think it's really cool. Now obviously you can you can you have the club so you can create the hub and you have more people coming through the city now with a place to stop and they know it's gonna be a friendly environment. Mm-hmm. Go there, go do Rogan's podcast, promote the show, show up at the mothership later on. What a system. It's a great deal. What a deal. Yeah. Sony's position on a Microsoft Activision deal for Xbox was just fully exposed. Well, you must have picked this one. What can you tell me about it? Oh, was this my story? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't do that. Hey. You want the show to die? Heart rates Just have are, me speaking. Heart rates going up. Yeah. No, because this is complicated, man. And and I was like, all right, listen, I really want to know what the hell's going on because this beef is taking place in the UK, and obviously there's been resistance to uh, this acquisition, sixty nine billion dollar acquisition of Activision for from Microsoft, right? Um. Now, one of the big resistors would obviously be Sony. Why, 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 how could this be good for Sony, the shareholders, selling consoles and everything else? Mm. And so the question then became, like, as they're going through these proceedings, trying to decide if it should be allowed or not that this acquisition takes place, it's like, well, what efforts have been made to negotiate with Sony directly in order to come to an agreement that we as a court could see that would showcase that this is actually going to be a good thing for competition and not a bad thing. So apparently there's a difference going on between what's being said publicly and what's happening behind closed doors. Mm. And so the quote here of the SIE CEO of Sony, Jim Ryan, is that he says, we're just going to, we're just trying, again, this is behind closed doors. I don't know, off the record, whatever. We don't care about a deal. We're going to do everything in our power to block this acquisition or this merger or whatever you want to call it. And then apparently on Microsoft's side, they say, oh, we're trying our best. We uh, we sent a 10-year, a possible 10-year agreement to Sony saying, you're going to have Call of Duty over there. You can put it on PlayStation Plus or mm. whatever to then show the courts, Here, here's why you should let this acquisition take place because actually – it's going to be good for competition, and we'll still the title will still be on PlayStation. We'll put it in writing, mm-hmm. but that's not enough. And uh, Sony's sitting there saying, "Well, if we can make a case that this whole deal should be blocked, then why should we put up with any type of temporary agreement, mm-hmm. ten years or otherwise? Mm-hmm. If we feel confident that we can get this thing blocked in the first place, you can under the, understand why that incentive might be even bigger for Sony." Mm-hmm. Yesterday, UK regulator, the CMA published claims from both Sony and Microsoft with regards to the Activision deal. Microsoft trying to purchase uh, Call of Duty maker Activision for $69 billion. Sony says it's nervous about 
uh, nervous about preserving the status quo thinking that Call of Duty in Xbox Game Pass could harm its business, even if it benefits consumers at large. Sony also claimed that Microsoft hadn't attempted to reach out to them to negotiate. So that's the key. They say they didn't reach to us to negotiate. And they say, yeah, and then uh, people on the other side say, yeah, we did. We, we proposed a 10-year deal. What are you talking about? Mm. Creating all types of chaos in this UK courtroom with the regulatory body looking to either approve or deny this particular acquisition. Activision's EVP for Corporate Affairs and CCO Lulu Chang recently took to Twitter to contradict Sony's claims, namely that Microsoft hasn't offered PlayStation favorable terms. So this actually was all happening on Twitter a la uh, Elon Musk. Like, let's beef on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Let's put it all out there. Shout out someone somewhere. So here we go. Lulu Cheng. Microsoft offered Sony, the dominant console leader for well over a decade, put that piece in there saying, oh, we're the anti-competitive ones. Look at these guys dominating. Mm. With 80% market share, we offered them a 10-year agreement on far better terms than Sony would ever get from us. We've also offered Sony guaranteed long-term access to Call of Duty, but they keep refusing. Why? And then that's where the quote comes in. Sony suggests to CMA that Microsoft could release a buggy version of Call of Duty on PlayStation mm. that could make gamers lose confidence in PlayStation as a go-to venue. They could have some sort of premium features that were Xbox only, or they could have it be partially busted on PlayStation and have it as a low priority. That's the argument. Yeah, and like with these games that are just ongoing, there's going to be developers that just keep on developing and grow grow the game. So... Yeah, this this kind of sucks. Developers be developing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a game that's like finished and then it just ships and then you can forget about it. Like there's always going to be updates and there's always going to be bugs. Yeah. And well, yeah, Sony could get a crappier version, you know, or like more teams, like they find like a significant bug and then they put all their resources on Xbox. Of course, but then that's where this idea of putting it in writing comes into play. They're saying, well, if we have a 10-year deal saying that you're going to get the exact same treatment as our native game uh, in terms of upkeep and features and skins and whatever else, then they could hold them accountable to that particular contract. That's the idea of mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Lu, uh, Lulu Cheng follows it up by saying, in the words of the CEO of SIE, Sony Entertainment, in his words, I don't want a new Call of Duty deal. I just want to block your merger. And just apparently this was said behind the scenes. Nip it in the bud. So basically what we have here is a good old-fashioned brouhaha. Is it now? <laughs> what is that? It's a versus, man. The Sony versus PlayStation thing now has is about to go is about to be real like people used to make this argument in the past sony versus playstation but they weren't really at each other at each other's throats it was they were kind of coexisting yeah games are good and they would have their exclusives here and there and people would have their arguments on online and social media and so forth but it's getting really real now if this game stuff goes down with these developers it could this could hit a new pitch hit a new temperature that we haven't seen before mm -hmm. console wars on another level giga chad fanboys you said it yeah playstation owners can grab three new free games right now how about that there you go some bonus for you never don't worry about that activision stuff 
Uh, it's oh, a f- this, this is not really the link that I was going for. Oh, it isn't? Hold on. You knew right away. Yeah. What's going on with you today, Will? I clicked the wrong link. Uh, I mean, free games is good, but... It's a, it's a deal link. Hold on. A deal, so not free, just, just a discount? Uh... Okay, maybe I, I can't find it anymore. Did they discount uh, Horizon Forbidden West, one of your favorites? Looks like it. But this looks like it's from two weeks ago. Yeah, it came with the console, but you have to buy a TV from, from Sony. From Sony directly from their website or from I Best Buy or something? So. It's, it's, it was a deal. Sorry, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for it, but let's just move on. So there's a deal somewhere <laughs> on yeah. the internet. Where you, you can get, get a, a TV, Horizon Zero Dawn, and a PS5, and a PS5 for fifty bucks. Will said <laughs> he just got to find it. I didn't it. say that. He just got to find it. You got to buy the TV, and then you get the free PS5 and Horizon Zero Dawn. He's gonna find it. All you have to do is tune in tomorrow for this. Yeah, five dollar deal. <laughs> <laughs> the deal guy. Uh, how the u.s military developed a rifle that caused temporary blindness whoa terrifying it's like a flashbang but with a gun and it's is that it because that thing's enormous yeah oh my goodness that's cool eh? like a halo weapon (laughs) yeah for good or ill the u.s military has proven highly proficient at developing futuristic weapons to destroy enemy targets or otherwise render them combat ineffective the b2 spirit stealth bomber for example can drop forty thousand pounds of ordnance on a target without radar even seeing it's there they're talking about stealth bombers occasionally the answer to a problem requires more tact and care than dropping a bomb that's where this uh, high energy laser you can't turn down a bomb but you can dial down a laser to be less lethal and handle threats in a way that doesn't cause bodily injury to the target so you're pointing a really strong laser at someone's and, eyes. and then you're like be thankful you're not dead uh-huh yeah because we could have done that too uh, eventually it got outlawed what are they aiming at targets on the ground or actual target like look at like the systems maybe you know blinding like sensors if there's like a, or like a scope when someone's like a sniper. It was called the phaser, this uh, this unit right That's, here. That looks like a phaser. Straight out of Star Trek. Yeah. It stood for personnel halting and stimulation response. Non-lethal laser device that looks like it would be the weapon of choice for the more diplomatic and calm. The next, uh, the shoot first and ask questions later what, what is this article with all these jokes and references just tell me about the thing the weapon was developed at kirtland air force base in new mexico and was scheduled to be completed in 2006 it was designed in part for the military but also eventually used by law enforcement uh, a less damaging solution this is like when they fire rubber bullets and then it actually kills someone because it hits them the wrong way and they're like it was a uh-huh. rubber bullet uh, the use of this weapon violates a treaty proposed by the United Nations back in 1980. Um, no blinding weapons allowed. I don't know how flashbang grenades get away with it, but I presume there could be lasting effects from this. I mean, can you really temporarily? Yeah, damage. can you temporarily blind someone? Uh, and 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 can you ensure that there's going to be no, no lasting effect? You're putting strong lasers at my eyeballs. I don't know, man. And also a very big gun. It's not like a little pistol. This has got to be some powerful 
blinding light coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, athletics world in uproar over disgusting act after runners fall. Okay, I wanted to get... They say horror fall. I took the word out. I, I mean, you 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 fell during athletics, like ho- ho- horror fall. Are you going to put that in our clip now? You probably are, aren't you? You sicko. Yeah. Okay. This I got to get your opinion on this clip here, okay? Because and I mean, I don't know how much of an uproar there is, but I watched this clip and I was kind of I was a little bit surprised myself. What happens here? You've got a race. First of all, it's hurdles. 60-meter oh, so hurdles. Dangerous. Yes, it's so dangerous, man. You're flying and jumping. Yeah. So dangerous, man. And, uh, of course, the guy hits the hurdle. The one contestant here, athlete, he hits the hurdle. And, I mean, he, I mean, he smacks his head off the ground. Oh. And the race continues. Nobody notices. But then... The problem or the part that people were speaking on after the fact was the uh, the aftermath, like the reaction, essentially. Okay. And so if you can just you can just scroll forward to the point in the uh, in the race here. So they're going along just fine here. And one one guy is flying. He actually sets a kind of record. I think it's only been this guy? yeah, one time faster. And now his name is Joseph and he is a uh, a hurdler sprinter from Switzerland. Now, the guy who fell, Enrique Lopez, Lopez, Lopez. Did is, I miss it? No, no, no. You, you, you got it. It's right. He falls right around. I mean, you can play. You can play sections. He's celebrating here. So go back. Oh, okay. Yeah, go back. You can just start. You can play this. Play a short clip right here. Boom, wham. There you go. Pause. Okay. So he falls. Smacks the head. The thing is, Jason jo- Joseph is his teammate. You got it? Okay. The guy who smashes the record there is the teammate of the guy who banged the head. Now, when he comes back with the celebration, watch what happens here. He kind of just runs right past uh, the guy who, like, almost looks unconscious over there. Yeah. That's not cool. He kind of goes right past, and then he goes past another time coming the other direction. With the cameras on him, just like, yeah, yeah, I got this. You all suck. I don't think he said that, but. Well, I mean, that's, it's one of those moments, right, where you're feeling ultra confident. You just performed, you just broke a, some yeah. kind of record. Dude, I, I don't blame him in this case because probably the adrenaline's still in him and he's just in that competing mindset where he wants to be number one. Um, yes, he should look after his teammate, but I, 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 I'm also conflicted on the clip. It's a different mindset. People came on social media and were like, what the hell is that? When they saw the clip Mm -hmm. and when you watch it, 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 it seems really odd. Like he's one lane away from the guy, like laying there, not moving. Right. Everyone else is scrambling onto the thing. And then he goes right back past him again. Like totally didn't notice. Yeah. You'll see if here he's just gonna be lying in the corner. He's gonna be lying over to the left hand side. Well, whatever. You can't that angle you can't really see, but he, he walks past him and then past him again. And so people were like, that's not good sportsmanship. 
at all. And it was like, did he see? It? Anyway, he came. Joseph came on social media and apologized. Uh-huh. Where did he say? Uh, it's over here. First things first. I'm sorry I didn't check that you were okay. He wrote to him directly. Mm. I was lost at the time, totally blocked from what was around me. I hope you're okay. Uh, I just, I'm, I, I kind of wonder. You're going with your teammate. Is it really possible to be that? I've competed, not at this level. I've competed in sports. Yeah, this is a tough call. This is a tough call. It seems strange that you could that you could miss that right beside you as you walk back past it. I understand as you're racing, you're not going to see it. Uh, yeah. You're flying through the finish line. You hit the end thing. You turn around and walk back. It was just the proximity of the walk back. Mm-hmm. One lane apart to not notice is kind of surprising. And walking back again. And was surprising as well to people. That's how close they were. he was to him. <laughs> that, that image is it's pretty wild. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, it was a conflicting one for me. I want to get your take on it. I understand you can kind of really zone out in a competitive atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really, you can really be in your own world. Yeah, I, I can't say I've been in this kind of situation where it's like high stakes, um, like competition. But um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to see that. Like, go back to the picture. Go back to the picture one last time. We're gonna ask the the chat and the commenters on this clip and on this video. What do you think here? When you see this image right here. The guy was, uh, I mean, he smacked his head off the off the pavement there. So he, they had to bring the stretcher out and everything. Yeah, people saying tunnel vision. I call BS. Somebody, yeah, somebody's gonna call BS. They're gonna just say you were only you only cared about yourself in that moment. I don't know. Sports can be selfish, man. Sports can be selfish and competitive, uh-huh. and in this case, everybody's against you, even your teammate. You know, when you watch the F1 Drive to Survive, how oh, yeah. often yeah, yeah. they're more angry at each other, their own teammate, animosity, than they even are at the people they're competing against. Yeah, some don't even follow the rules. And you know? sometimes to be, you know, there's a sort of, I don't know, man, you can, it's a hard thing to balance sometimes. That, that tunnel vision necessary to perform at the extreme high level and then the inability to really notice everything else that's going on. But yeah, and somebody doesn't like the apology either. They say by saying I was lost, uh, it sounds like you don't care. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. In the apology, you know, do you have to be a little more self-deprecating? You have to be like, I'm, I'm really upset with myself for not, Mm-hmm. For not being able to put away the victory and the personal record, and see. What well, was... it seems like he's uh, gonna be training with him tomorrow, like the next day. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll have like an intimate. I'm sure. I'm sure, talk. and I'm sure he went over at some point. It's just, it's a, it's a weird. It was a weird one. Yeah. Every so often, weird ones happen. You know. Uh, yeah. I hope they sort it out. Mm-hmm. How about this? Never mind. Uh, influencers. What about the influencers? You heard of it yet, Will? No. The the influencer tells you, doesn't tell you what to buy next. They tell you what to avoid. 
what not to buy. Now, you've seen these type of engagements when a brand will come along to promote something and they'll hire like seven or eight different influencers for brand uh-huh, deals. Uh-huh. And then the audience is like, oh, God, shut up already. And then in my case, if it's ever happened, then I'm emailing or talk to the brand and going, you guys, what are you doing? What are yeah. you, this is a bad look. Pick your engagements and, and move on. Don't like... Uh, blast it out at the same exact time like rub it in everybody's face it's too much sometimes uh but it's it's a balancing act always working with brands in general uh anyway the influencers are kind of picking up on this theme recognizing that people are fatigued to the all the things they're supposed to buy mm. and it's kind of funny because it's kind of in line with what i've been saying about all these brands telling you to buy things and save the environment at the same time when in reality if this was really your agenda it wouldn't be brands that need to do it, it would just be need to be your habits and the and your consumption in general if that's really what you wanted to do mm. of course there's consequences to that too nobody buying anything i think you know where, where we go from there you got to buy something mm-hmm. but the truth is that sometimes stuff is crap uh-huh. it does happen that stuff is crap and you could have seven or eight influencers ta- telling you about it mm-hmm. And you and and also never mind crap. Sometimes stuff just isn't for you, mm-hmm. and you're looking for somebody to tell you that. Here's why this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, this is a little experiment here, de-influencing experiment. Uh, a viral video from an individual telling you you don't need something that seven or eight influencers are telling you that you need. It was actually, actually I think it was some sort of a mug or cup in this case, de-influencing and the cup trend. I didn't even know there was a cup trend. Everyone's telling you, here's why you absolutely need this this cup. <laughs> this one cup? Okay. Haven't you seen that before? Like, oh, I'm absolutely all about this new cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, kind of like you. You got this yellow cup over here. You're kind of a cup guy. I think you're a cup influencer. I think you sold a few yellow Yeti cups. Yeah. It's great. Since you started. Well, I'm about to de-influence right now. That cup is overpriced. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's complicated. Anyway, so this there is a de-influencing trend. There's a hashtag with a few million views over there on, what is it, TikTok probably. Okay. And for me, this kind of showcases something I've experimented with in the past, particularly around iPhone because Apple and iPhone has been – The biggest, we know when that stuff launches, it's like a wave that Apple controls to a certain extent and and make sure that the right people post at the right time with the right amount and they do a first impressions first and then a full review just to keep it in the cycle. And by the way, Apple's been doing that since long before YouTube existed with the uh, PR mastery that went on uh, pitching different publications against one another, pitting different publications against one another, pitching certain publications on access or coverage exclusive to them. It goes all the way back to Steve Jobs. And then I would say, okay, well, if there's all that energy out there telling you why you need this new thing in order to feel complete, what happens if you put out a piece of content saying, oh, Here's the counter argument. Here's why you don't need this thing to feel a certain way. Here's why your current life is okay and your current phone is all right. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, what happened? People clicked all over it. Because of course there's an appetite for the thing you're hearing less of. Mm -hmm. Of course. You you don't want to feel inadequate because you don't want to spend two grand or because you can't necessarily justify. So at one point in time, I even 
did a goofy one, which was I at the exact same moment I put out a video saying, don't buy the iPhone SE, the new iPhone SE. At the same moment I said, buy the new, buy the new iPhone SE. Yeah. Now there's another aspect to this argument, to this conversation, which is of course plus minus pro con negative positive that if you are going to protect somebody from a purchase, if you are claiming to protect somebody's dollars, of course that's going to be interesting as well. But but after time had passed, look how close these view counts actually got. So you should buy the new iPhone SE ends up at 3 million views and don't buy the new iPhone SE, 3.6 million. So it does have a slight advantage, but you can see there's a market and an audience for both. And the and inherently, the de-influencer is born. I got bad news for the de-influencer, though. Why? The web is ad-subsidized. Everybody you watch has to generate some kind of revenue. Or if they don't, then the services on which they broadcast typically do. Mm. And in some cases, you have one-to-one relationships like YouTube Premium where people might be contributing to a creator directly or Super Chats like people do in here for us. But for the most part, across the board and across social media, there are relationships that exist in order to enable that content to continue to be made. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're constantly... If the platform is a de is a de influencing platform, which advertiser is going to be? In, what's how is that supposed to work? Yeah, maybe it could. Maybe it could. Maybe advertisers even play, pay more. They're like, oh my god, we want the pre roll on the de influencer content. Yeah, because there's more views, more interaction. But there isn't. That's the other thing. There actually kind of isn't because what's going to happen on TikTok? Will is that the brands that want to sell things are still going to reach out to the biggest creators that are there they're still going to maneuver they're still going to finesse apple is still going to be apple no matter how many d influencers exist they're going to get the bigger typical influencers as we've seen taking place over and over again every single generation and guess what they have that the d influencers don't they got the pockets brother mm-hmm that the it is a, the only way it's going to be commensurate is if the d influencer pockets are similar in scale to the influencer pockets and let me tell you something those are two different size pockets okay so it's like the jedi and the sith now if you get a big view count out of it and i would have to check the revenue on those videos okay. to see if it was similar or not because maybe there is a market. Maybe my next channel is a de-influencer channel. Maybe my next channel is only telling you the things to avoid. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could create a business around it. But I think you would need tremendous audience support to compensate, to, to sort of subsidize this different sure. approach. Uh, similar to what you had like consumer reports once upon a time, although they even, because I remember when I bent the iPhone, those guys were wonky as well. Okay. So, but but there was there have been models in the past where the user base actually funds the thing, so it can't be influenced by outside. Gotcha. Uh, influence. Should we watch this video as an example? You can. You can. This, yeah. Go this ahead. This is the one. Go ahead. Let's talk about de-influencing and the cup trend. I'm obsessed with the evolution of reusable water bottles in popular culture because, like, every six months there's a new hot water bottle. Have you ever noticed this? Like right now it's the Stanley Cup. Like you have definitely seen influencers slurping out of this thing in their car, in their kitchen, right? This is the cup of the moment. But four seconds ago, it was the hydro flask. Like you had to have the hydro flask. 
And then also remember when people were obsessed with the young. <laughs> Says you will. <laughs> the right. cups I'm and the old trend. Because ostensibly we should be buying one of these things and then using it for like the next 20 years. They market themselves as reusable, as good for the environment. Yeah. They've blobbed on to the sustainability conversation. But fundamentally, by having a hot new cup every six months, we are still buying and consuming and pushing other people to buy. And we're using cups as a status symbol. The problem still exists. We're still buying too much stuff. Yeah, I mean it's pretty straightforward. Well, not wrong. Yeah. No, it's pretty straightforward. It's 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 a lot. You know what it's a lot like is the reusable bag thing, where they're like, we got to get plastic bags out of the supermarket. But then every time someone forgets to bring one, they're buying a bag again. And again, like, can will people at scale figure it out? Maybe. But you're buying a bag again that's going to take tw ten times as long to break down and the amount of energy input to manufacture it is so much higher. It only starts to pay off environmentally once you've used the reusable bag 1,000 times, which frequently that's not what's happening. It's one of these, once you do the math on it, but there's so many purchases in our lives that are like that. And the brands know it, which is the reason they're constantly telling us how they're the ones saving the environment. Mm -hmm. They're going to offset it. Don't worry, you can buy guilt-free. It's like, not really. As she mentioned here, these cups can these cups could outlast you. You will die. Oh yeah, and definitely that, and, for me. And that metal cup, in, th in theory, right? If yeah. it was just if it was just used the way it's intended to yeah. be used, it's crazy the number of things we buy that are like that. Mm -hmm. And never mind. I mean, obviously, tech's a bit different because there's supposed to be this progress and advancement that happens frequently. And certainly, if we're talking about graphics and video games, that's like one one area. But definitely not mugs. But, mugs can last. No, but I'm saying even phones. Who really at this point needs that new phone every single year? Not every year. Who needs it, man? Yeah. But they're going to tell us why we need it, and they're going to tell us why it's better, why it's great. Trust me, I'm in this business. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I get it right from the horse's mouth. And I'll still sit here and tell you that you don't need it. Like, I'll show you stuff and say, okay, you know. Here's what it is. Maybe it's time. Maybe you're in the market for one. But I'm not going to tell you to rush out and go get it and your life is incomplete. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Your life is not incomplete. Yeah. You're certainly not going to complete it by purchasing this one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're all, we're all guilty. We all want to be marketed to and we all need to buy things because sure. obviously we want things to continue to be made. But it's also interesting to try new things, you know? Like, you got into shoes, right? You want to try different pairs of shoes. Right. Different materials and to find the right one for you. So, I mean, it's it's nice that you have the opportunity to do so when there are companies out there that can provide that uh, what you need. I, so where are you going with this? You're, you're suggesting that... Like consumption helps us zero in on what we like. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not anti-consumption. I'm just, it's, we have, so, we have so much noise on one end of the spectrum because of marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of the spectrum, the, you don't actually need it. Mm -hmm. It goes up and down. You've had like minimalist trends on YouTube. It goes up and down, but it never, it will never have the funding that everything else does. Yeah. But the it, marketing. It will it'll just never line up, right? Because it's just not the way we interact with each other. We, we transact with each other. And everybody's got to have a product. We got to have a product. 
we have to make our product, sell our product, use that money to buy other people's products. So like, is the problem like people keep making too many things? No, 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 not at all. It's it the 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 problem is people feeling a sense of insecurity in their own lives like they're lacking something exactly if you can alleviate that and interact with the market in a i don't know a healthy way and if you can balance that out it's it's better all around and the concern being much like other social media concerns in general which is like proposing the proposition being better than the reality like oh look how amazing this person's life is but really it's edited and selected for and everything else, but it kind of acts as a reality substitute. It's, it's kind of in the same realm. It's a type of personal marketing going on. Mm-hmm. And brands utilize this all the time. Look how good looking everybody is all the time and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Look at all the things that get unlocked via marketing once you get the thing. Mm. And most of the time, no matter what the engagement I'm involved in, I'm just going to basically show you the thing. Now, I might try to wrap some entertainment around it, but mostly, you know, if all of a sudden I open a box and there's a bunch of beautiful ladies around me, like that's a little bit. <laughs> it's a bit much. You understand what I'm saying here, Will? Sure. It's yeah. like to what extent and then what is the comprehension level and what is the uh, sophistication level of the viewer and their ability to kind of create distance there and say, well, I know what's going on here and I'm fine without it, mm-hmm. you know, or with it, or everybody can be enthusiastic about their, their own things and interact in their own ways and figure out what's of value to them. I mean, I have a, I also have a problem on the de-influencer side and I know I'm going on and on about this topic is this is something interesting to me. How it's very hard in general, and it's something I learned over the last 10 years doing this. It's very hard in general to tell people what to buy and not buy anyways. And the reason being is because it's there is no like standard across the board. Everybody has different needs and different uh, attributes, different use case scenarios that you when I talk to a person in real life, about uh, advice on a particular purchase, I start by asking them questions. Well, I can't do that. I can say uh, what we do in our space is we draw relationships. We go, well, compared to this one or that one, and then, Mm -hmm. but then you start bringing in ecosystems and softwares and compatibilities and a person's comfort level with a particular platform. And it just gets so nuanced and so sophisticated that influencing or de-influencing is probably not the most effective way to deliver, to have people get having the best goods delivered to them for them. That's going to require input from them. Yeah. And having like a blanket marketing campaign, I don't think really helps anyone. Optimus Prime says, are we still talking about de-influencers? Question mark. Yeah. It's a long topic. Well, it is, it's, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's complex. Yeah. It's complex. Dogs aren't allowed to bark at Toronto Dog Park anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed this sign that hopefully won't be a trend. Due to closeness of area residents, do not allow your dogs to bark and disturb the neighborhood. Excessive barking will not be tolerated. Please be a responsible dog owner and follow all posted off-leash area rules. I don't even know how you do that. I think it's impossible. If you have like a active hyper dog like mine, like it's well, it's not be, possible. Yeah, not possible for you. It's 
gonna be bad. Some dogs are quieter. Yeah. Are they there? But the the part that they feel like you can control it. I mean, they might as well just say, "Don't bring barky dogs here." Like quiet dogs are only allowed. Yeah. And how are they gonna enforce this? They're gonna have like police. Just they're, there. They're going to have a military-developed laser weapon to blind all dogs that make noise. Oh, God. And their owners? That's right. Yeah. Take a little stroll to St. Andrew's Dog Park near Spadina and Adelaide, and you'll notice some newly installed signs asking owners to cut the noise. The caged-off area with AstroTurf was specifically created for furry friends smack dab in the middle of a residential area. Well, where else is it going to be at Spadina and Adelaide? Yeah. Uh, excessive barking will not be tolerated. Be a responsible dog owner. The signs haven't sat well with local dog owners who in a Facebook group were extremely confused and suggested emailing their local counselor for more details. How does one exactly stop a dog from barking? Why would the city create a dog park in a residential area? What will happen if a dog excessively barks? Can you get a ticket for barking? Yeah, as you know, Toronto downtown is like super small. Like it's condensed. Dense. And to have a dog yeah. park in there, I think is kind of like it's it's needed, but how? Like, could it be underground or something? Because yeah, underground. <laughs> it would be loud. <laughs> I, I I can get like that sign, but like you can't stop. The thing dog. is, those dogs need the park more than dogs over around here because of course, those dogs yeah. have to go to an apartment and sit yeah. five hundred square yeah. feet after. So it, they do need it, but. It's, How are they going to enforce? There are so many. No there are so many damn dogs in 2023, and people don't even know the numbers, right? There's no doggy census. Yeah, there's an influx. They just guess, and then COVID just skyrocket dog ownership. Yet, infrastructure, city planning, they can't adjust for it. The dogs popping up everywhere. I heard, and maybe we talked about it on this show a billion years ago about dealing with dog sewage dog waste in a city environment uh. and how it's they have to kind of predict it because it's at a scale bordering on getting close to hu to the amount of human waste when you're doing water and sewage planning Ugh. and then trying to figure out how cities should be developed to deal with the <laughs> sheer number of dogs and then you see a dog pooping on cement that's a weird that's a weird picture imagine if you actually try to put a number on it i've looked i've looked into this before okay just trying to put a number on it number because people don't you don't even think about it number of dogs in toronto and and there it's like speculation they that people have have to kind of guess to a certain extent they know to a certain extent how about this uh nationwide survey a million Nationwide survey, so it's not going to be exact. Pet ownership in Canada increased through the pandemic. 60% of households now reporting ownership of at least one dog or cat. That's another thing. Wow, 60%. That's another thing. You can have more than one. Yeah. How many people yeah, yeah. here have more than one? You have more than one. Jack has more than one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, from 2020 to 2022, the Canadian dog and cat population continued to grow, increasing from 7.7 .7 million to 7.9 million for dogs and 8.1 million to 8.5 million for cats. <laughs> Do you know how many people are in Canada? Well, what, 37 million? And between dogs and cats, you got close to 20 million. Wow. Wow. You got to plan for this stuff. 
We yeah. know that dogs and cats, here's a, here's a quote here. We know that dogs and cats and other animals can provide many benefits for mental health, including companionship and coping with stressful situations. It comes as no surprise that trends show an increase for dog and cat populations. Largest increase is happening between 2020 and 2022. It'll be interesting to see how the trend continues. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, restriction on it, seemingly. I mean, you might have buildings that say no pets are allowed. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know how frequent those are with this number of uh, dog and pet ownership here. Mm. And then are people actually taking care of them? Because you end up hearing influxes at the shelters because people are like, whoops. Yeah, I got to go back to work. I got to go back to work. And also nobody wants them in the dog park because they're too loud. And and my neighbor's pissed in my apartment building. And it's (laughs) just like, what have we done here? What's going on? Is this environment effectively planned for the volume here? And how do we backtrack and where do we screw up? City living, yeah, very difficult for a dog. Especially a place that's as dense as downtown Toronto. Yeah. Hopefully this is not a trend though. Uh, The barking of the dogs, you, you can't stop it. <laughs> but what do you mean you hope it's not a trend? If, like, what, no, I mean, what, what like, do you mean by that? I mean, like, if they're going to enforce a lot of these Toronto parks and other cities to have these signs of no barking and then enforcing tickets or something and or fines, that's, I think that's wrong. But what, do uh, I? what if they, what if the city just goes, okay, forget about the park then. The, there's too much pressure from the residents. The loud dogs ruin it for the quiet ones. Mm-hmm. Now the park goes away. Okay, cool. Now you're back to your apartment and the dog uh-huh. is basically just sitting on the ground. Yeah. And the dog doesn't see green for how long? I think it's Even also... Even though in this case it's yeah. AstroTurf. Not allowing a dog to bark. Maybe it should be just said differently. <laughs> you know? Like try to keep your dog quiet yeah, or something like try, that? You know? Listen... I think this seems like really I don't, enforced. but I don't think you get a sign like this unless you get some pretty serious volume of complaints. Yeah, right. So the complaints come first, and then they apply pressure to the whatever the government officials. And like I said, man, that real estate's worth a lot of money. Uh-huh. The city uh-huh. doesn't need; they, they don't have that. It doesn't have to be there. Uh-huh. The dog park, so. Depending on the amount of pressure from the residents that don't like the barking and the residents that purchase quiet breeds of dogs, and it's, uh, whoa. Uh-huh. Complicated. But even the residents around this area probably didn't even want a dog park. You know, if they didn't have a dog, they didn't have a choice. You know? The people without a dog. Yeah. And they're living right beside the dog park. Yeah. Then the dog park goes in. All of a sudden, the volume level changes. And they They call up the counselor or whoever it is. And they say, what the hell? I don't care about this at all. Like, this is, I don't know. But also living in a city, the other thing to mention, it's It's going to be loud. It's constant. There's construction. Like, it's constant. Like, something is going on at all times. But the the dog-human thing if you're not into it and now it's ballooned to the that's the numbers that's their their projection mm-hmm. you're going to get to a point if it continues at that pace where the dog population is growing faster than the human population mm-hmm. well it certainly is if you're talking about if you take out immigration <laughs> it grew by like a million yeah 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 and of that ratio of like 15 million to grow like 1 million in 1 year just think about that for a second 
between dogs and cats. Yeah. And again, it's polling and projections and who knows what the real numbers actually are. Hmm. You can get a lot of dogs quick. I don't know if you knew that, Will. When you go look at a litter, how many dogs can you get quick? Usually the first litter is like three. And never on mind. On average. But then it goes up to like eight or ten. Get a couple of doggies in there. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Now I have a I have a dog, but I also there's I have space for that dog, but but I have a dog and so I'm not I'm not trying to like I'm just saying if 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 you're able to identify the trend, you better you got to start planning for it because these these creatures, these are living creatures and they have their own needs and society's going to be forced to interact with them at this at this scale on a regular basis. Yeah. No, I hear you. Okay. That was a deep dive on dogs. Uh, last one here. Lagoon Nebula shines in gorgeous new Hubble image. Anytime I see these Hubble images, it, it, it makes you have like a whole sense of awe and appreciation for the universe in general. It just like looks like a giant ink pool uh. of like atoms mm. organic data <laughs> it's just words <laughs> indescribable look at that a portion of the open cluster ngc 6530 appears as a roiling wall of smoke studded with stars in this image from nasa hubble space telescope yeah oh man yeah, it look like you can go swimming in there it's yeah. Yeah. It's like iron sediment. Young stars twinkle within a rainbow curtain of dust and gas in this new image from NASA's Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, the image highlights NGC 6530 open cluster, a few thousand stars more than 4,000 light years away in interstellar space. A vast cloud of dust and gas called the Lagoon Nebula. You can spot a faint smear of the Lagoon Nebula in the constellation Sagittarius on a dark night, but unfortunately human eyes can't make out the dazzling array of colors at that distance. Nebulas are stellar nurseries where hydrogen gas collapses over millions of years to form stars. Good Lord. Just some casual hydrogen collapsing. Yeah. Nebulas are cool, eh? Create beauty. Yeah. That's all. That's just simple stuff that's going on out there. Yeah. You don't have to worry about dogs barking out there, Will. No, this gives perspective <laughs> on the bigger picture. Definitely. Thank you very much to everybody who joined here today. The regular viewers and listeners. And everybody participating, making this influencing and de-influencing possible. Thank you for going on that particular ride with me today. I know it was difficult, but it's near and dear. It's close. Uh, my exposure level is high when it comes to that area of expertise. So I just figured I'd let you in a little bit, like, I don't know, a little bit of uh, inside baseball there. But this is the stuff that's ending up in front of your eyeballs. And I feel like if you get a better idea of sort of the behind the scenes feelings and um, negotiations and interactions and stuff, I don't know, maybe it Maybe it helps you kind of, I don't know, translate the mess. Maybe. Possibly. Uh, but yes, thank you for joining. 
What is today, Thursday? That means we got one more. You took the little, you had a board there with like a streak on it. Where did it go? And a Wolverine. Like, what happened? Yeah. Somebody steal I, it? I, yeah, it's it's down there. You didn't like the way I it looked. I just didn't want to update it every day. You didn't like the way it looked. Yeah, it's just written. Uh, I'll find a better way. All right, guys. Thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow. Later.